You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Go Plug Yourself. We've been talking to awesome people in Montreal since 2011. Just a friendly reminder that if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, uh, go to 9to5.cc first and click the links at the bottom or in the sidebar so that we get a bit of that money. Uh, f- also, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. Population. That's a good yeah, start. They'll see. No, they'll see. That's how we started. That's, that's how we started. That's how we started. Look at the 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 We are recording right now. This is how we started this episode. Cold open. Normally, yeah, normally I say something kind of strange and off color to open up, but I guess this will do then. So we're starting off with the juice stuff. Yeah. With the juice stuff. But it's coming. This is being released in a couple days. No, tomorrow. This is released tomorrow. So I don't, I guess it's improper etiquette to wish someone a happy Yom Kippur, right? No, no. You no ju- well, it's either it, like you wish them a good fast, or you just say yeah. Shana Tova, like Happy New Year. But that was last week, though. Yeah. Well, it's the whole. You know, well, we anyway, like from, to, okay. we like from to everyone. Things, Hang on, like, let's. We're gonna yeah, make you do like to extend things. We're, we're gonna make this educational <laughs> for our non-Jewish listeners. Yeah. So yes. is the New Year is Rosh Hashanah? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you, so it's like a celebration, oh. and then it's a fast afterwards. Yeah. The, it's a week a week later fast. You know, get all those sins out. You know, kind of thing like that, and then. If you're particularly religious, but yeah, so from everybody, or if you're extremely religious, like is Yom Kippur is where you're not supposed to eat. Like, uh, is drink. it just fasting? Because yeah, there, fasting. What's one where you're drink. not supposed to do like work? Oh, that's Shabbat. Shabbat. That's yeah, like that's no, 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 uh, 9to5.cc uh, I have a fun and, Friday and Jewish from, story about the And from Go Plug Yourself Shana Tava and, uh, and uh, I hope your fast went well My Thank friends you. in Thank the mile you. end were having a house party and they were like Yeah, they just had to turn the lights on j- for people No, no, no They were like just come on in The door is open It was on a Friday in the mile end Every door was open and yeah. my friends and I went into like four houses before we found where the party was. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, we're like every door is open, and like they also there's a lot of like gatherings and social yeah. things that the uh, that the the Jews up in Mile End do, and just walked into they were none, nobody seemed that offended. Like we just like yeah. walk in, we're a bunch of dudes. They're like, whoa, and they're like, hey, we're like probably not looking for another house. We're like, we are, <laughs> and then we just like quietly left. So from talk of uh, religious custom and fasting to uh, to the topic at hand. Which is a a, a food competition <laughs> Not show. Not fasting at all. Let's, yeah. introduce, let's introduce our, our guests today. Go for it, Walter. Uh, we have Michael. Michael, we're doing last names. Michael Ishak. Michael Ishak yes. and Daniel, Daniel Rose. And Daniel Rose from By the any other name. From, uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> from uh, from the new cooking competition show, web cooking web cooking competition show, Battle Chefs. Correct. Of which you guys are the co-hosts. Michael two, is the two of the co-hosts. Two of the co. How many co-hosts well, are there? He's, he mentioned the third. It was, oh yes, he did. Yes. Correct. There is. There yeah. is. A and Michael is the also the creator. That's right. And That's right. I'm just latching on to this. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Holding on for dear life, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome, guys. Uh, so this is we're following up our hot sauce episode with a cooking competition. Cooking episode. competition. So. I don't understand anything. I don't watch a lot of Food Network. I don't watch. I a lot watch of the Food Network constantly. Because, uh, <laughs> when I'm not good. watching wrestling, I'm watching the Food Network. Basically. All right, that's good. fine. Let's well, see, because you know there what? are lots of people who are now Discovery are. Investigation. No, I just work on the TV shows. Do we, okay, you finished with it. You're, you're done. You marathon them off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so in my head. What I understand from cooking shows is literally from commercials about cooking shows, which is where people make a dish, three judges eat them, and then someone says, you're the best. 
and then Gordon Ramsay yells at you. Yeah, but that's like a different one. Yeah, that well, one... I don't know. It's there's always someone yelling <laughs> at someone at the end of it. But so I do you guys it. yell yeah. at your contestants? No, we 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 don't. Um, no, and I don't what feel like there's much yelling to... on the cooking competition shows, right? No, I mean, Ramsay I does his thing on his thing, but I mean, most yeah. most things that he's right. I mean, and yeah. that's and that's really what Battle Chefs is all about. Is that most cooking shows on the Food Network or whatever network that they be on? Most of them are pretty much the same. You know, yeah. uh, most of them are pretty much. You know, you have a couple nuances here and there but but for the most part it's a bunch of competitors in a kitchen Mm -hmm. um and the whole thing is kind of staged and then you're in a dark room with the judges and that's that you don't see anything else Mm -hmm. and um and battle chefs kind of tries to do something very very different from that one thing also that 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 i think a lot of people don't know or are starting to find out is that when you watch shows on the food network what we're seeing on camera isn't r- the real deal uh, often you know f- not often all the time i mean across the board no matter what food show you're watching what the competitor is actually making and then what you see in the shot what you see on camera mm. in front of the judges was never actually cooked by the competitor themselves. Okay. So what, what are you suggesting I, is, I the, is the reality? What is the reality? I mean, you know, it's it's That's what, what ours. Happened. You know, if you know, you're going to watch Battle Chefs and you might look at that final dish and you know what? We had some amazing, amazing yeah. looking dishes on Monday. They may not look like up to par with the Food Network, but they weren't created by a food stylist. They're I guess the, it's they're, like they're the real deal. You know, comparing the McDonald's picture on the menu versus what you get in the. Oh, absolutely. That's it. I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and you know, and and. Battle Chefs isn't trying to fully take that angle. I mean, that's not where where the show's going. I mean, we we really don't really touch on that. I feel that 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 would be a cynical approach to it, mm-hmm. you know. But um, but we do, uh, you know, it's it's out there. It's not that it's not, uh, you know, anybody can do research and 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 see that all those shows that are out there, food stylists are doing everything from using uh, spray paint to better color the food to you know injecting tomatoes with gelatin so that when they're sliced they're not running out. So you know these are the types of things that we're seeing. So really, I mean, you're not really seeing the real deal now really that's not the angle of battle chefs really the angle of battle chefs is what i was saying before which is you know mainly the shows are dark room with the judges and that's that which is a stark contrast from other competitive reality shows let's say a singing competition show or a dance competition show where you have a massive crowd that's there a live audience Mm -hmm. you have the hosts that are going out into the audience engaging with the brother sister mother father boyfriend girlfriend of whatever contestant getting everybody involved making everybody feel like they're a part of the show and that's really what Battle Chefs is all about is really bringing out a live audience to a different restaurant every single week you know giving some giving people the opportunity to have a platform invite their friends and family be part of it our hosts are out in the crowd engaging them same way as you would on a competitive show and we're giving people the real deal and then the (coughs) other big uh, angle that we're taking with Battle Chefs is that a lot of people watch these shows on the Food Network and they may think that they have the skill required to be on that actual show, mm-hmm. but they never actually look into what the process is to actually get on there. Okay. They don't look into what the where the auditions are taking place, or they may live in a town that's very far from wherever any auditions are taking place. Or even if they get into that point into the thought process, they often think to themselves, hey, you know, I might make it past the first round, second round. I won't actually get onto the show itself. You know, they won't like my backstory. So the whole thing's a waste of time for me, right? Right. So then they just move on to the next show and the whole thing just appears to be almost like a fantasy, right? It's inaccessible to them. So we create web series. My company, Michael Joel Media, creates web series that is essentially a pay-to-play format where people can pay and automatically be on the show. You pay your registration fee as a contestant on Battle Chefs, and you're automatically one of our six stars of the episode so long as there's a, a spot for you. Mm-hmm. They start to fill up as uh, as the weeks have been progressing. So uh, so, so it's a it's a very different concept, and uh, and, and we think we were, we're getting a, a big push behind it. So, Yeah, I think another thing that I'd like to add is that it provides a, a, like, a very accessible facet for uh uh people to show their art and i think after the last episode i can you know these guys are artists what right. you see Absolutely. what they do with their food is incredible and you know uh a lot of people don't see food that way they mm-hmm. unfortunately they go to uh mcdonald's or whatever and mm-hmm. it's just another way to sustain yourself you know food is not enjoyment but what we do is that we create this beautiful environment where you have friends and family there who are witnessing, you know, a live performance mm-hmm. of 
arts. Like the art is not just the food in the end, the taste. It's the performance of how it's made, right? And the 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 passion that you see all these cooks that they have in their art is it's really incredible. And and yeah, it's it's yeah. fantastic. No, what what Milton's saying is exactly right. I mean, and people are are really wanting to jump on board with that because I mean, they Daniel. Uh, yeah, sorry. And, 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 and I don't know why who, I said Who Milton. the fuck is Milton? Yeah, where did you get that from? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Milton. <laughs> sorry, Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. I'm thinking of you, bro. <laughs> but anyways, so listen, um, but, uh, but yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, for really what we've been having is a lot of, uh, a lot of people that are coming out and seeing this as kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity for mm -hmm. them, uh, to be able to get onto a show like this and just, you know, um, be able to, you know, their friends and family are coming out because this is something new for them. It's a novelty yeah, and yeah. it's, uh, it's giving them a platform. Yeah. And what I, I was talking to, uh, <coughs> Daniel over here, um, a few days ago about this and I was asking, you know, in terms of the level of, you know the the pro level of the the, the cooks that are mm -hmm. coming in, and you've 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 filmed one episode already. Yeah, we yeah. had our series premiere yeah. on Monday. And yeah. the, but like the people that you see, that you have signing up, like have you, have you found are they legitimate cooks? Are they pro cooks, or are these? So they are work these in a restaurant, or are they from yeah. houses? Mm -hmm. Like are they you know, cooks? it's like, it's it's interesting. We've had a we've had a good variety, but I mean, in in our first one, uh, I mean, most of them are I would call them I say. Um, Either home cooks, like in our flyweight battle, we had two home cooks, just two buddies that have always argued over who cooks better between mm -hmm. the two of them, and they mm -hmm. decide to come out and settle the score between the two of them. Uh, in our middleweight and heavyweight battles that night, our middleweight battle was, uh, was I would say, uh, one semi-pro and one home cook. Uh, the semi-pro, he's a 22-year-old uh, uh, vegetarian cook uh, from the Caribbean that essentially uh, was cooking uh, vegetarian Caribbean fusion food. And uh, he started his own catering service very recently and wanted to kind of promote that. Uh, the guy that he was cooking against is just a guy that loves to cook. Uh, him and his grandmother have been cooking since they were young, so, mm -hmm. uh, so came up. And then the heavyweight battle was uh, – and it's not intended for that. It's really intended for home cooks. But uh, the heavyweight battle was um, – a buddy of mine, uh, Phil, who actually owns a hot sauce company called Sinai Gourmet, and he wanted to kind of expose mm -hmm. that and, and show off his skills as a cook. And then the other guy that he was battling against uh, in the heavyweight battle was uh, a guy by the name of Jay Anthony, who uh, has had for about a year his uh, catering service and is opening a uh, Jamaican restaurant in St. Henry uh, this Friday, I believe, right? So, yeah. so this seems pretty, like, when you're discussing flyweight, middleweight, heavyweight, it seems to me pretty obvious that you're like your two home cooks, your two okay guys, and your three. Are you always going to have that? It's not necessarily intended to it be that way because yeah, it, it just, 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 just happened to work out that way. This what, time. What's yeah. the usual criteria to determine flyweight, middleweight, and heavyweight? Nothing. It's really different price points. Like we okay. said, it's it's pay to play format. So you go you go different price points, and okay. you're eligible for different prizes. Okay. Depending, but is right? the suggestion though that is it sort of suggested or implied that to do like the to get into the heavyweight thing, you should probably have a little more. Experience? Not at all. No. Well, Not at all. But but I think. But I feel that if you're putting in more money, you probably want to really know what you're doing. Yeah. If you're just like a good home yeah. cook and you're like, I'm gonna pay for the heavyweight, and you're like, Ah, oh, God. Because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even <laughs> you know? in that heavyweight, I mean, Phil does have his hot sauce company, but he's more of a home cook. Like, he doesn't consider himself a chef. You okay. know? And he happened to win, actually. Yeah, that really took me by surprise how he good did, he, yeah, was. he was. Uh, he was, was, he was fantastic. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he made a. So, the theme of the first episode, being that it was the last day of summer, was last summer dish. Mm -hmm. And the heavyweight contestants, by the way, I was saying different price points, so different pricing. Mm -hmm. The heavyweight contestants are paying 100 <laughs> $99 and the main uh, what's really getting people to want to come on board for the heavyweight is the main element to that heavyweight prize is that you get your recipe added to the restaurant menu for a month. Okay. So for a month, we have a Battle Chefs insert that's added to the restaurant menu. It has a little bio about the person, uh, battlechefs.com recipe of the month, and and kind of – so for a month, people are coming into the restaurant and saying, oh, what's this Battle Chefs insert? And engages the, the, the uh, staff of the restaurant as well. It's bringing mm -hmm. in traffic and so on. And theoretically, so. even like that also promotes you as a chef. Too, or like, Absolutely. or you're like Absolutely. Think your guy's yeah. hot sauce and yeah, whatever. Sure, so. sure, whatever angle that they want to take. Yeah. With it. yeah, yeah. I like cooking um, 
with minimal clothing on. Like, I like, <laughs> and it's just kind of, I don't know if it's a comfort thing. It's just, but, he cooks uh, at my house all the time, and he just doesn't slow him down. I think I was, was I telling you about this, Daniel? I, I think so. Yeah, I it, it might have so. been, been a drunken conversation. Well, it was my bachelor. Keith was at my bachelor party, and I and I... There was a lot of cooking done at that. I, I deep fried a lot of food. <laughs> Very minimal yeah. clothing. I think in, in a bathing suit or just like in, in boxers. Well, boxers it, you know, I, I have no problem with you wearing nothing but the Battle Chef's apron. <laughs> that <laughs> might be odd for the bare ass shots from yeah. the back there. But, <laughs> Fine. but, like, but to, to the point where – Depending on how inebriated it is, he doesn't really mind that to, either. To the point where one of my favorite things to make is just like you – know, it's very simple, but I, I love making like fried chicken cutlets, right? Oh, and, oh. and But like I'll do that with no shirt on. So as, as I was telling – so like my wife will be like two rooms away – and like, and I'll just be like <laughs> making chicken cutlets, and, and you, you'll just you'll just hear like you know the, the the gentle sound of frying, and then ah shit <laughs> fuck <laughs> as, like, as the hot oil is like splattering onto my At Walter's head. bachelor party. I've been there. I've been there. I just kind of imagine that that's like from from George Costanza in Seinfeld, how he has to take his shirt off every time he goes to the washroom. Kind of, that yeah. That's the same. Yeah. You know, I find that the chick the, the cutlets don't taste right if I'm making. <laughs> Yeah. Too much clothing on, but when but that's I, well, painless yeah. though. The bathroom, the bathroom visit uh, shirt I, is painless. You know, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> you might have some germ problems yeah. in the bathroom. I was gonna say at Walter's bachelor party, we had just finished eating breakfast, and then Walter was like, "Let's get the deep fryer going." And, and we're like, everyone's like, nobody's going, hungry. I mean, we're I like, like a regular pot just full of oil <laughs> on the stovetop. Yeah, exactly. That stove, was the deep fryer. Top deep fryer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so what you bring into the table for the battle at uh, NOLA? <laughs> Maybe. I'm kind of wild carding this shit. Like. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's hilarious. We're like, Walter, nobody wants chicken. We just ate breakfast. He's like, don't. Gonna make the chicken. Don't care. <laughs> we got chicken. It needs frying. Yeah. For your listeners, I was referencing our, our third episode, which will be happening uh, October 5th at Bistro NOLA in the West Island, who they special. In, in uh, down south, real Cajun food, fantastic spot. Mm-hmm. Um, buddy, my buddy Richard is uh, is one of the partners, and uh, one of the other partners, Chris Emer, used to be one of the chefs at Toke. And then you have uh, Isabel Plourd, uh, who is uh, the other owner. She has been on uh, some uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, shows with Rick Bayless out in L.A. So, uh, they, yeah, no, they've got a fantastic spot. And uh, Walter was just sharing with me that he loves the spot and loves mm-hmm. Louisiana food. So we might, yeah, we might have to have you, have you come throw down. One man. of my freaking favorites. I, I, well, I, well, I, I've had one of the best meals I've ever had at, at NOLA. And it was just – it was um, – uh, cheese grits with uh, their 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 special cheese grits that they mm-hmm. do there and with uh, with shrimp and which is like a very sort of like a staple of, yeah. of but yeah. like the way they did it it was just like I've never had a, you know and that was like I think the first maybe real time I had grits and then every time I'd go to someplace else and I'd see grits I'm like oh grits and then you have it and it's like no no this <laughs> no, isn't that great no Wait, but like with what are grits grits is always... cornmeal it's it's, it's, it's a it's lard a, it's a right coarse, no, no not no? necessarily lard it's just a, it's a it's a a coarse cornmeal. And um, it's kind of like in the same family as like polenta. Okay, like, yeah, but, that's but what it's I like imagined, even more yeah. coarse. But then it's and you basically boil it, and it almost sometimes it'll have more of a, like a porridge consistency. But mm-hmm. then you could like spruce it up by like throwing in butter in there, or, like cream and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, 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 no, oh yeah, Keith, yeah, that's that's another thing I like doing is just putting seasoning, butter, 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 and everything. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I no, take it that Paula Dean is one of your your mentors, then, eh? Well, she was before the whole. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, I, I've been told that I still have yet to try Nola's blackened catfish, but I heard it's one of the best oh, dishes in the yeah. city. Yeah, so I'm gonna be sure. It's to, great. Yeah. It's, again, it's like a little spot like out in the West Island, and it's like it's like a DDO, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's DDO on, in the uh, Blue Haven Mall. It's on, actually uh, uh, I grew up not far from there. But, Saint Jean. Uh, yeah, on Saint Jean. Yeah, yeah Saint yeah. Jean. Yeah, it's actually it was voted one of the top 100 outdoor patios in Canada huh. um, and uh, and their food is just the food uh, is just freaking just great. magnificent it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's worth it's, it's worth one it of those spots <laughs> it's actually the only uh, restaurant right, right off the highway only, only restaurant in uh, on our calendar so far that is not downtown mm. uh, but we're going out there because it's just yeah but I'm not yeah, it's just yeah. I would I no. never find myself out there oh, to, yeah, if, you hit, no, sure. if you hit the highway and you got onto like get onto the 40 like you can be out there from like NDG you can get from NDG to there in like 15-20 minutes that's great for our NDG listeners yeah head to Nola. Keith and I live in it. 
yeah, yeah, twenty yeah. minutes. Well, yeah, so so that's uh, that's in a couple of weeks. This week we're at uh, we're at Callao this Monday night, which is uh, Monday, September twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Callao is actually uh, one of yeah, it's it's such a jewel. Um, peop- a lot of people don't know about it. It's a Peruvian cevicheria. Um, on Laurier Street, on mm-hmm. Laurier and Zainer Bay. Um, I you believe it's 114, 114 about, Laurier. Uh, yeah. I, just, I just heard that UNESCO made uh, Peruvian cuisine uh, a world heritage It's It's uh, unreal. The, uh, Mario because Navarrete. Because it's that incredible. That Good to know. Oh, no. Yeah. He's, and, and, and the chef from there, Mario from uh, – you, well, you met Mario. Yeah. Right? yeah, Mar- yeah. Mario is one of, the, one of the top chefs in Canada. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. He um, – I mean – his restaurant, uh, his first restaurant that he opened, Raza, was uh, named uh, by uh, by Our Route magazine as the number four restaurant in the country. And then it's called he, Raza. It was called Raza, so that that was his first restaurant. Then does he, that mean uh, like sort of like a, a lifestyle devoted to criminality or? I, I, or like Viva the, la raza. I'm going to my la raza. La raza <laughs> just the 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 the, uh, the translation of raza just means like race, which is people just mm. use it as like almost now pure I sound like purity. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you just yeah, yeah, you're a terrible you just person. Equiv- like, uh, as a footnote race? to this, as a footnote <laughs> to this, just I'm not even going to get into it. Just see uh, listeners see. The life and times of Eddie Guerrero. That's fair. That's to make it. you to yeah. make you feel even worse, his second restaurant is called Madre, which means mother. See so that? He's I know. A very, like, yeah, he's a very, like, you know, he's uh, a very you know care. <laughs> so, so, uh, so I, yeah, I no. just want to understand. Uh, at no point have you, Michael. I want to say yep. Michael yep. is your yep. name. Sorry, yep. it was the M's, the two M's. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. shit. There you go. I wanted to make sure I didn't say the right M. Yeah. At no but point, his name you... doesn't start with an M at all. His name is Daniel. I called him Milton by mistake. Daniel. Rove. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the delicious noise. Yeah. Oh, the delicious At no point in time has he uh, been checking like a cell phone or does he have any of these facts written down. You're just apparently a walking encyclopedia <laughs> of yeah, you're like cooks banging this out. and chefs it's really good. and restaurant I, I, names. I, 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 yeah, I really um, – well, I, I've done a, you know, I am a teacher also. That's, okay. uh, that's one thing I do. So I'm, 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 I'm used to really just, uh, just packing in the knowledge and, 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 you know, just spewing it. So, <laughs> so that, that, that was a, the lead into my question was just like, uh, how did you, are, are you always just been, have you studied culinary stuff? Are you just a big fan of food in general? I mean, if you seem to know all these restaurant owners. I'm a big foodie. I've done a lot of uh, different things in my life. Uh, I used to be um, a singer, songwriter. Uh, then I uh, moved to... Um, I, was pub- gonna, I was wondering about yeah. that because uh, the voice is so dulcet. I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, then um, uh, running uh, a fashion magazine in New York uh, by the name of uh, Zinc and then um, moved to... Uh, uh, done, a, done a few different things. I was co-producing some segments on Entertainment Tonight Canada and Jesus, I was realizing around, man. Yeah, I was, I was realizing <laughs> that no but you know what I was doing those uh, in collaboration with my magazine and I felt like those 20 days a month that I was co-producing something for TV was really what I was what was making me the happiest okay. and and publishing the magazine I mean it was you know people saw it as a glamorous thing but in reality it's nah. boring as fuck you know yeah. like you're just really like nah, you're really world, you're, like... you're really just I mean it's knocking on doors selling advertising as an independent magazine because that's what keeps a magazine alive and you're right. fighting against big conglomerates and this and that. whatever anyways I've also taught uh, math for the last Walter's eyes just he got like a little shell shot yeah, I just I work for yeah. I work for an independent yeah. magazine <laughs> that was distributed nationally like about eight years ago there you go you're yeah. totally I, just back in the trenches no fun, <laughs> no fun. <laughs> the, the struggle is real it man. didn't get my creative juices yeah. flowing as much as you would think a fashion magazine would right mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know and I've been also teaching math on the side since I was 20 years old I've 13 years now I've been teaching that uh, you like, know like, a class like private tutorials no or? actually it's actually um, in an adult ed center I'll teach a math 436 or math 536 class to adults who need it for certain programs at John Molson or whatnot. So yeah, yeah, 436 and, math is when, yeah. like when you're in high school they, they basically tell you like fourth is like is kind of like the make or break point of your life. Right? Yeah, there you, like, go. Yeah, there you go. You, you, go. Do, you, you do well in 436 <laughs> and you have like a fulfilling successful life ahead of you <laughs> or you'll or you end don't up do selling crack then, on yeah, the streets. Yeah, basically. And sell yourself. Yeah, there you go. In high school you'll be a bad boy too because you won't know how to count I'm around your age, but uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but 436 is the only prereq to graduation. Like you don't need not even yeah, not no, anymore no, 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 now, now it used to be 436 yeah, and 514 now, now, now with 416 you could get your high school diploma yeah. okay. but, um, but either way regardless yeah. though but 436 is available to you in grade 10 so I took 436 and then was like I'm not going to do math 
in grade 11. And they were like, well, you should probably take 574. But I'm like, but I don't have to. So I like argued with administration to get a spare once a day because I was like, I'm not taking math. I, I was going into liberal arts, which had no math prerequisite. And I was like, so I finished my math in grade 10 and then was like, I'm not doing math because yeah. I don't have to. And they were like, well, you should. And I was like, well, Feel I, like I, I kind of did the same, right? Because when I went into grade, I was in the uh, international school program from grade seven to grade ten. What high school did you go to? I went to French high school in the, okay. in, in the West Island. But uh, when I was going into grade eleven, I mm-hmm. decided to get out of the international school program because I knew I was going to study business and marketing. Mm-hmm. And I said I don't need chemistry or physics. And I was mm-hmm. great in, in physical science in grade ten, but I was like, I don't need that shit. I'll take double yep. double gym, double yeah. phys ed. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? well, yeah, that's it. I didn't I didn't take chemistry. I didn't take physics. I already had my four thirty six. So my grade eleven was just like I'm like I'll take world history and like whatever else and like took world history art gym had a spare had I think enriched English and the French and that was like my grade yeah. 11 I did nothing and got very good grades yeah. That was well, that was yeah. grade eleven. It was so those are all the varying things that I've done, and I decided that really what made me the happiest was launching was was doing the co-producing on ET, mm-hmm. and uh, so I launched my company about a year and a half ago that takes care of uh, that. Essentially, we produce uh, web series, and I also place media for different platforms. And uh, so my background being in sponsorship, we're trying to just create something here with Battle Chefs and with our varying web series to really just build something great, you know. And, and, and people are starting to, especially the demographic we're going for, they don't even have cable anymore. Man. Everybody's going to the web. And mm-hmm. there are pros and cons to that, of course. I mean, uh, you know, I've been approached by some networks who wanted the concept, literally freaking me out, to be honest, because, I mean, I started conceptualizing it at Christmas time. Right. And... Literally from word of mouth, I had some networks calling me, asking me to pick up the show. Mm-hmm. And that was something I didn't want to do because, A, our demographic is all getting away from cable and moving towards the web. Like myself coming from a print advertising background, okay? I mean people have been saying for 10, 15 years print is going to die because of the web, right? And I mean I we were creating something that was a little bit more of a high-end niche luxury right. magazine. So it was such that like we were kind of avoiding – I feel like for newspapers, print is kind of dying because people are going to the web for their news. Yeah. Whereas if you're creating something that is a little bit more niche, then you're able to survive a little bit better yeah but i think that your news all like by the time the newspaper reports that it's already happened right exactly Exactly. twitter or whatever right so like change the game for that vice news how they're they're shaking up the boat for cnn and all those guys because our demographic they're the ones well that's what well that's what i'm trying to get to is that print they've been saying print is going to kill the web but TV never thought they were going to die. Yeah. TV literally had the arrogance that web is never going to replace us. They're yeah, going to exactly. replace print advertising, but they're mm-hmm. never going to replace what like the value of TV advertising. And sure, you look at things like the Super Bowl or some shit like that. Of course, like whatever yeah. it is, well, every year is, it rises. Sports right? is kind of yeah. It. Like I used to work. But, I used to work for for Rogers, and they were like the only like the most expensive, the only programming that they really care about is sports because it's the only thing that people really care about watching no matter what if i uh, seriously if i wasn't such if if i wasn't such a massive sports fan i would not have cable yeah because you're like everything else you can pvr you could wait now i just don't watch anything else i watch sports that's it i think uh, (laughs) who's putting out stuff like a week after it came out on like who cares i think the netflix ceo i think i saw this on on reddit or something the netflix ceo said a couple days ago he just like threw it out there that he thinks that within maybe ten fifteen years, everybody will cons- be consuming their their TV or like yeah. you know their shows. Well, Netflix is now has a, has a absolutely yeah. Netflix and, Corporation and, and you has know a what? bigger I market value than CBS or something. Yeah. Unbelievable! My yeah. friend no, made a NBC. killing. One of the NBC. one of the majors. I feel CBS yeah. still does okay. For My friend itself. made a killing on Netflix stock. He literally bought only one stock and it was Netflix. Yeah. And it was when they came out with Orange Is the New Black, and oh he was like, you know God, what? They're what gonna go so do so well in the production side of things now that they're getting into that. And he just he's just killing. My girlfriend, my girlfriend's dad owned a bunch of stock in Netflix, and then when Blockbuster didn't want to buy them he pulled out so oh, he, no. he had like that was like when netflix was just, just starting and he was like oh, well if Lord. blockbuster no, no, knows more about the business model than i do you know? <laughs> i was like no i was like, like I was you could be before. so wealthy i'm oh, just God, curious yeah. what the ceo of blockbuster is doing now what he's hanging himself right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well my no like, but how how my, elaborate is hanging is himself the, he's, with he's <laughs> standing on a pile of vcrs and then he's kicking them out from underneath hanging himself with a noose made of tape made of 
from the VHS. My dad, man, when there was like the dot com, he had a little bit of money to invest, and he was pets.com. Was it pets.com? No, it wasn't pets.com. I don't know if you guys remember. There used to be so many different search engines, so there wasn't just Google. There was AltaVista. There was Yahoo, the Lycos. There was like all tons of them. And man, my dad, my dad really wanted to put his money into like none of the search engines. He wanted to put his money into Intel, and his buddy convinced him to not put it into Intel, but rather put it into Lycos, one of the search engines. And just like he would have turned his investment into like a quarter billion. Yeah, like well, we were like we were just we were. I forget what it was. We were just talking about that. I was like, I was like, do you remember like the late nineties where it was like literally having a website meant you were making a million dollars? Yeah, we were like, talking about. You were like, I have a website we sell? <laughs> yeah. Question mark. Yeah. And you're like, and now I'm selling the dot com for a million dollars. Yeah. Like, but no, but like back to what we were saying with regards to everybody moving towards the web for their programming, and I was saying there are pros and cons to that. Yeah. So like, yes, there are great pros to like having a web series, but there are massive cons to that too because it's like your production costs are through the roof compared to what they used to. When my buddy started shooting Epic Meal Time like ten years ago, all my boys from the West Island, like I mean, they were shooting that on their iPhones, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and now, when people are going online for a web series, they want production value. Yeah. They they want like, they, like yeah, they want movie or TV yeah. quality, right? You gotta you gotta They're keep up. So, so it's not as this, cheap so. anymore yeah. to create a web series as it was before, yeah. right? So it's the other yeah. side to that coin, though, is that you know the the price of good cameras is going down, right? Yeah. you can get. Decent yeah. digital cameras and stuff, or you get good not cameras, your like a million dollars. But at the same time, our concept though is with a live audience, right? Right. And uh, and so the live audience, basically, people can come to our website and they can buy tickets to uh, any one of our episodes. How much does the ticket run for? So the tickets are either fifty or fifty-five for a general admission ticket, and it includes your appetizer and main course. That's pretty good. That's okay. that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then. You can get for like eighty five bucks. You can get a uh, front row seat. So, uh, for instance, Splash at Kayao this weekend, Splash yeah. yeah well, at Kayao this <laughs> you'll weekend, get hit doing... with the same hot oil that I'm getting hit with. <laughs> no, no. At Kayao this weekend, we're doing a ceviche uh, battle where they're going to be. We have they have fourteen seats at their bar, so those people will have a first hand view at what's going on um, with the ceviche battle right behind the bar, and they get a glass of champagne <laughs> included as well with that oh, VIP ticket. So, mm. yeah. Um, See, the ceviche thing throws me off because like that's one thing I don't. Screw I, I pride myself in never having made anyone sick with the food I've made, you know. But then when I hear <laughs> so like, no tartare, when either? I hear ceviche and like tartare, I'm like, I'm gonna leave that. This battle to... number four is at Chez Victoire. I and, saw and, that. And it was a tartare, tartare battle. I'm tartare like, tartare I'm, I'm gonna leave that to the pros, you know, raw egg and and like and and you know and, and rare meat. meat. Like, I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm just gonna stick to frying things, uh, you know. <laughs> but but man, like it's it's fantastic, and we might have uh, we're, we're we're keeping our fingers crossed. Though, uh, uh, if you're if you're hearing this out there, uh, Martin Junot, who's a uh, I've become uh, pals with him. Uh, he uh, he owns Pestag out in Little Italy, so it looks like they're going to come on board. So it's all great top chefs, like between Mario Navarrete over at uh, Callao, between Alexandre Gosselin over at Chez Victoire, uh, Martin Junot. These are all guys that are just, just top-notch in the country mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, uh, to to chefs. They're going to be our judges. They're really charismatic guys. They've all been on, on different food shows. Um, so it's uh, it's great. Callao, which is the one for this Monday, actually, um, so so it's Peruvian ceviche, and ceviche. I, I had some of my contestants that were contacting me and saying, "How are we going to do ceviche in 30 minutes? Because the fish needs to cure needs for a lot exact, longer yeah, in the acidity." The, yeah. But um, if I don't know, you guys uh, saw the Yule Eat Festival that was happening. Yeah, at yeah. Well, I went and I checked it out the way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Mario Navarrete, who's the owner of Callao, he was actually doing a live uh, taped show. So if you go to the Yule Eat Festival website, you can watch his his episode. And it was the art of making a Peruvian ceviche, and he talked at length about how the Peruvians discovered about you know 20 years ago that they feel like a better way of making the ceviche is to only have the fish in the acid for about a minute or two oh, i thought you were gonna say microwave it. Five no no <laughs> yeah but but so they you just so they have zap it really with quick KD on the side yeah. zap it. another thing another so thing just really it's like a minute right? like just like a yeah minute, a minute or yeah. two and and then another thing that's interesting about the peruvians is that being on the west coast of south america they have a strong japanese uh, population that immigrated right. to peru 
Peru. Yeah. And uh, so they kind of blend sashimi and ceviche into the same group. It's almost like they see sashimi as an uncooked ceviche. Right. And ceviche is a cooked yeah, slightly. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. for them, it's just a difference of a minute or two in the acid, right? And, what is, and the acid so. in question is often what? Like lime, a, juice. lime juice. Lime is juice. It yeah. Always lime yeah. juice? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Alien blood. From alien, yeah. Alien, alien blood. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Predator alien blood. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But it could it be right like, through the hull of the ship. Could it be like any citrus, or does it specifically have to be lime? Uh, you, you know, I think that the Peruvians, for the most part, use lime. Uh, yeah. I think that that's what's traditionally used. I, I'm sure there may be variations, but uh, not maybe yeah. like a can of like Monster or something. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty acidic. <laughs> <laughs> might give someone a heart attack with that, or like. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd rather have. I'm gonna try that. I'd rather have you cook my meal without your shirt on than have that. Was it in uh, in Thirty Rock? John Hamm's idiot character there who makes duck a l'orange with orange Powerade. <laughs> <laughs> really? And she's like, this is disgusting, and he's like, everybody's. All, it's because he's really handsome but really dumb. He's like, everybody's always loved it. They're like, just because they want to sleep with you. But oh like, shit! I forgot to pay my parking, and that was like an hour ago. Uh-oh. You know, it's like one of those you things you know when you forget to pay your no but you know that. when you forget to pay your parking for an hour you're like is the ticket already on the windshield should i bother paying you can go now to the bar real app? quick we, 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 we <laughs> can talk to <laughs> young master Dude, daniel the app. no no you know i'm gonna use the app yeah, i'm gonna you, pay you, it you, and you it's just like app. you know the if app, i already had a ticket then like i'll only be mad about like the six he got three tickets on monday yeah, what? all, all in the same day. What? Really but, yeah. but no, but you got to understand. Even it was the, the day of my premiere. I was running around more than I usually would be. That's, that's so, still that's a little bit head all over the map. Just, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> no, now I will never feel bad whenever I get a ticket because I'm just thinking. I feel I like everything took only longer than I thought that it was going to take. Yeah. And I was so rushed that I get caught up in the moment and I'm like, fuck. Keith, have you, you have you kept a tally? No, I. If you go back and listen to our way early episode, what's the tally for? <laughs> like, oh, because the amount of parking. You go back and listen gone. to our first. Oh like, shit! Oh my episodes. god! Let's have a talk. They sound really shitty. They're, they don't have the greatest audio quality. But if you want to go back and listen to them, <laughs> you will hear that almost invariably. I'm like, oh, and I just got a parking ticket. Yeah, and like what? Constantly. So there was several and, but then, times where you then they brought out the app, and the app saved my fucking life because I was like, before I get out of the car, I put the money in. It sends you the alert. The alert being like your fucking thing is up in 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh shit! If not, I would just if I parked downtown, like if I didn't get a parking ticket, I feel it was because the cops just didn't They're get to, or the meter maids didn't get to my city. car. I've literally got. I've never seen a city in my life that I feel like the police care way more about issuing tickets than fighting crime. It's yeah. so much Montreal. income for them. It's <laughs> yes, so much income. No, no joke. $40,000 roughly in my life that I've spent on tickets. Montreal no, no, no. To be is fair, the number one <laughs> city <laughs> in North America for uh, uh, income tickets? through tickets. Crazy. It's either us or Toronto. But well, you forget to pay it after 30 days, they double it. Like, What kind of yeah. like 100% mafia though, in interest is that? Oh, <laughs> one time in Toronto, I got a parking ticket. And I don't know if they were doing like system upgrades or whatever, but I got a parking ticket and I wanted to go try pay it online and then I couldn't find it in the system. And finally I called them and they were like, oh, we saw that you had an out-of-province license plate. We just canceled the thing. And I was like, oh, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? This was wow. such a pain in my ass that just magically disappeared. But you know what? This year I already had two tickets where I actually already paid. I paid for the time. The guy gave me, didn't even bother checking the time, just gave me a ticket, and I saw he had, like, four or five tickets for everybody else on right next to me, just trying to fill his quota. In Ontario, it's worse, though, in terms of, like, the leeway, though, in terms of how high they'll let you go over the speed limit. My brother mm. moved to, to Toronto, and he got stopped. He literally was in a 30 zone, going 39, mm-hmm. and... A cop literally stood in front of him and was like, halt, (laughs) and made him pull over and had like six other cars pulled over. And he says, you were going 39. He's like, "Uh, isn't it a 30 zone? He's like, yes, it is a 30 zone. The speed (laughs) limit is 30. I just said 39. And and so, uh, you know, here they never stop you going 39 in a 30 zone. If you're not going like 50 or more, they're not stopping you. Like maybe. My brother went to work. Maybe in a school zone. I don't want to try that. My brother went into work that day and he told all his colleagues that that had happened. You know what? I actually think I'm messing up the 33. He was like eight or nine over and I think it was a higher limit than that. Whatever it was, he went to work that day and he told his colleagues that he couldn't believe it and all his colleagues looked at him like, 
What do you expect? They're like, you were breaking <laughs> like, the law, what do you mister. Mean? You were breaking the law, <laughs> and you are so not you, wearing. You are you not wearing khakis everything today. that happened. You are such, not wearing khakis. You're lucky. You're lucky. You're not in jail over this shit. Yelling about it. Sorry to our Ontario listeners. I didn't mean to say that you all wear khakis. Ah, fuck them. We shit on the most of hockey season, anyway. So it's okay. I mean, like they're irrelevant now, so we don't even need to shit on. Let's bring it back in here. Let's. I was gonna say we won't it in here a little bit. Yeah. You have I more just questions. Want to know how many episodes are currently planned? Planned out. Okay, so um, the I, basically I've gotten some interest from some restaurants in Austin, Texas, and um, in LA. To so this is not just even a local effort. This anymore. is no, this is not a local effort. Where we're planning on doing season one in Montreal, and right. then uh, season two is looking like it's going to be Austin. One, though, as well. Like right now, for the for the immediate future, like how many are currently planned? The plan for season one is to do. We really want to package them as marketable to a network in case we ever wanted to do that. Um, right. despite the fact that we're keeping it as a web series right. for now. But we also want to change the game a little bit of how web series are seen and how commercial breaks are seen. But anyways, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But uh, really right now uh, we only list four restaurants at a time. We don't announce more than that because we don't kind of – we're kind of trying to avoid uh, – contestants and audience members booking for later in the season and thus not filling up our earlier ones. Right. So we only announced four at a time. Our first one was this past Monday at Rosewood. Our second one's uh, September 28th at Callao. Mm-hmm. Um, our third one is going to be October 5th at Bistro Nola in the West Island. Right. Our fourth one is at Chez Victoire, which is on Mount Royal in... Uh, and that one's going to be our tartar battle. So like, that like one British is on uh, that that one's on Thanksgiving <laughs> Monday. Uh, so uh, for all of you that uh, are doing your feasts on the Sunday, uh, and would like tartar. to have another amazing feast on the Monday, you should absolutely come buy tickets for the uh, the, the the one that's going to be happening at Chez Victoire. Alexandre Gosselin has curated a fantastic menu for the audience. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Walter, do you want to hit five questions? Yeah, About 40 sure. minutes? We're going to do that? Yeah. And, like, what time, what time are we at? Cause this is just actual. We're at 40 minutes. Oh, cool. So we can hit five questions. Five questions, we ask the same three questions to all of our guests. Okay. Yeah, and then, then you, we ask. And what about the last two? What, you said uh, I'm introducing oh, okay. those. Tell me what those four. I was like, is that? Yeah. Oh, God. We did the episodes out of order, so. Peeling back the curtain of the magic. It's fine. All right. Three questions, same question to every guest. Okay. The fourth question is the guest, question from our previous guest to you without knowing who you were. And then the fifth question is what question you want to ask into the future of okay. our future guest. But we already know what that's going to be because we're psychic. Because uh, <laughs> Walter texted <laughs> I just did a Daniel on a podcast. before. Uh, Walter, what's the first question? First question. <laughs> what did you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I wanted to be a famous R&B singer. Did you have a famous R&B singer that you were in mind? Were you like, do you have a template? To be like, honest, very like, I mean, I, I grew up like loving a thing and, and, and I was, I grew up in that, that, that like boys to men era. Right? Oh, okay. like I was like, I was like, a, I was like a kid that I think I wanted to be black when I was young. Bone thugs and honey. <laughs> 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 bone thugs <laughs> Boys to men. What? They had, they had like a big discography. I feel they were fantastic. Thank I mean, you. I like, I don't think, I, I don't think any uh, artist still to this date has had more number ones off the same album as two by boys. Cement. They just kept releasing them like every song's a single. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, I made uh, they all made it to number one, man. Uh, what, what, that was I will always love you and on bending knee okay. and uh, water runs dry and thank you and it was just like they that, that was they were killers, man. Now, same killers. question. Yeah, yeah so uh, I think um, a couple. First off, you know, both my parents are physicians, so I was like, okay, you have to be, you have to be a doctor. Like, like a I'll become Jewish a boy. doctor. Yeah, but uh, and then I saw uh, Indiana Jones, and I just wanted to be a badass archaeologist for so long. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, when did you discover that wasn't a thing, though? <laughs> when did you discover that archaeology was a lot of boring legwork like, and no? Okay. I'd, I'd rather not talk about it because that was a very um, uh, traumatizing <laughs> yeah. experience like, last when week, that happened. There's a lot fresh. of parallels to grave digging, technically. Sort of. <laughs> Are, are we doing a little psychoanalysis over I'm just here now? Saying, you know, <laughs> I'm just, you know. Are you presently a grave digger? I'd rather not talk about that <laughs> legally for legal reasons. I feel like you can, like, you're, you're never going to go out of business if that, or, you know, if oh. a freelance grave digger. You know what? Actually, okay, on, on yeah, that get, note. It keeps your cardio up, too. Yesterday, yeah. yesterday I, was on, I was driving, and have you guys heard this on the radio, the advertisements for the graveyards? No. 
you know, for cemeteries, and oh, yeah, that's wait. it. You're, yeah, you're for you, cemeteries. I mean, I know. Yeah. You made me think of this based on you telling me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like yeah. Ergelberg either? No, no, no. Those, those are funerals. No, no, for no. a few of them. And I'm just thinking, like, get like, your plot now, like, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. No, I'm just like, like, what kind of shitty businessman are you if you can't rape them? That thing's a racket. I know, no, no, no. But he's saying, like, he's saying, why would you have to advertise? Exactly. Why do you freaking people are going to die? You're not. But like, no, there's various. You know, it's like anything else. There's different ones. So you you could just put up like garage sale style signs in your neighborhood. Cemetery over here. If you could get buried here. Yeah. I feel that that was that. That's like if. Like especially modern, like if someone I love oh, died man. and I needed to, I just would search funeral home <laughs> near you, and then I'd go to that one. Like that's yeah. all the thought I would put into. But it. then you oh, know, yeah. if they really want to get a tar- reach the target audience, you know, they should go to you know old people aren't driving you know who are like at that age where they're thinking about like but they do oh, have the radio gonna... on because they don't own a TV they just sit by the radio that is true all day that is true <laughs> they, do. they, they do sit by a radio <laughs> the radio and rocking chair man exactly that's radio be my and life. rocking chair looking out the window life. yelling at children <laughs> <Yeah>. question number <laughs> two what's the fashion fashion what's the worst fashion, fashion choice editor you guys have ever made magazine man what's the worst fashion mm. choice fashion I've ever choice. made yeah, yeah I've got I've definitely you got go. one okay, so you go go for a um, thing for sure it was like the emo phase really? not gonna even lie yeah. just soupy hair in your face yeah, I did, but I didn't. I didn't you actually go black? through. I, Dang, no, no, I thinking? didn't. I didn't do that. Thinking, but Rose? I didn't. Oh, man, did you, you know, know, I was young, black, impressionable. Black nail polish. Oh no, no, I didn't go that far. But I mean, I just had like skinny the, the jeans. skinny jeans, really tight shirt, longer hair. I didn't go to the extent of straightening you know, my man. hair, but you know, some girls, emo chicks, uh, obliged and straightened my hair. I'm. Gonna, yeah, th- I just said that. Like a euphemism? That no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, it's fine if you if you got if you got emo chicks, um, then it was worth. Yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, emo chicks. I mean, like emo chicks are kind of hot. Like, I, yeah, I was like, yeah, about it's true, but exactly. If you if you were like an emo kid and you didn't manage to pick up a cute emo girl, then you're like you fucked up real hard. You had a reason to be. You're like, hang on, you you swooped your hair and your face. You're wearing black nail polish. You're wearing the super tight jeans, and then you didn't get the emo girl. Like what? What happened there? No, I remember. I went to. Uh, it was a concert. It was before. Oh, who's that dubstep artist again? Skrillex. Uh, Skrillex. Before he was Skrillex, he was a hardcore emo. Yeah, like a, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah he still that. is kind of like no, no. But part. his bando was just like. <laughs> what was it? Do you remember? Do you remember Keith? I don't remember. He's the all. nicest dude, by the way. Like he's the <laughs> nicest guy ever. By the way, way to like, make me feel like a dick. Now, you know, he's the nicest guy cool. of life. He you listen, know what? Nice guys can make shitty music. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not you know what? Like, I'm not I felt that. Anyway, whatever. Like Oshiaga last year, man. Yeah. Like I had like gone to his private party the night before. He was the nicest guy to everybody, and then the next day he did his show, and I felt bad because he was like trying to like get everybody like on this peaceful vibe and like this really like kind of like yeah, hippie but- shit, and like nobody was getting into it because uh. people are such haters on like his music because <laughs> they think he's so commercial, and I felt so bad because he was like, "Come on, guys, come on!" And like I nobody was I, getting into when it. I was there, and I do remember seeing <laughs> some girls. Too. Fucking high out of their mind, like a lot of people. Wow, so, no, but like so. And that's a shocker. No, but that's Whoa. it. But like way more, way more high than you usually see at Oshiaga. Like people were just sort of like, I guess like oh, yeah? they popped extra like heavy MTL high. No, they're not. They're on very different drugs. Like heavy, <laughs> heavy MTL. They're, they're more PCP level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It was just sort of like like a bunch of people Lots like of popped like a whole lot more pills than they were like should have done because it was Skrillex. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, how can you imagine a, like a piece? Hippie vibe when your music sounds like robots in a fucking arm wrestling fight. Like <laughs> that's yeah. anyway. My worst fashion choice, hands down, was uh, dressing as a pimp to my prom when I was seventeen. I just did. Uh, what were you I, like? I, this I, is I, the I actually cool. wait, wait. Your best fashion. Wait, choice the, no, the, maybe. Worst but I actually, my father was living in Miami at the time, and we drove to a very like predominantly black area and like their mall is called the mall at 163rd street and i got myself that's the name a, of the mall that's the name <laughs> of the mall and i got and i got myself a uh, a purple suit from there uh-huh. and uh, and wow. i had a white and black uh, top hat and so a white and black a white and black fedora and no it wasn't it, it actually it was like a legit now suit. I look back Wait, at no like, I don't I try not to look back at it where, was that on purpose <laughs> though that you tried to look like a pimp or was that 
you know the style. Of this style. No, that was like my style choice. Oh, that was your style. It cho- wasn't oh, that okay. I was trying to go like, for and, a pimp. And we did, we did like, talk I, about we did that talk- was the final. That was the end result. And we're talking <laughs> about your age just a little bit. Like we, we, you and I, are roughly the same age. I was like around ninety nine, ninety eight. So I not. It wasn't even like yeah. it wasn't even like fully acceptable at that point. I don't it know. Maybe in Miami, like, I was the I was the flashy guy. No, no, no. There was an early nineties period where I think that that would have totally worked. But like, like the 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 swing revival. No, no. It was like it was like yeah, exactly. No, it was like the era of like you know like uh, Mason Puff Daddy with their gold jumpsuits yeah. and their music videos sure. and like everybody in their pimp outfits and like just you know their canes and I'm trying to justify it right now. No, so. no, there's no need to. No, <laughs> we need just to. increased. I said it was my oh, worst guy. Okay, <laughs> just increased right, Mace's downloads uh, by like. I gotta one. be a good Jew and go continue fasting. You do so, that. Uh, you do that. Thanks for Shana having Tova. me on, guys. So Tova, Daniel. About food. He's, he's, he's been fasting <laughs> it's, it's, this entire time on the podcast. Just a, but just the trooper. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, wait, 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 Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, before yeah, you go, yeah, third, the third yeah, question. More third question. question. Yeah. Who's the best person of all time without thinking? Go. You're thinking I, I too much. Uh, the first that, name that came to your head. Honestly, first thing I said it was going. It was pretty uh, Einstein. Einstein. That was the first nice. thing that came to my head. Same question. Who's the best person of all time? Yeah, my bro. My brother. Oh, nice. now, oh, god damn it. I'm <laughs> sorry, always, Sammy. It goes one way I'm or the sorry, other. Sammy. It goes like a family relation or it goes yeah, like, like Einstein famous. slash Jesus. Yeah. Um, Mother Teresa. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people go Mother Teresa. Gandhi. We've yeah. had a few Gandhis. <laughs> uh, so now we have to turn the tables and Daniel can ask his question before he goes. Okay. Because we already know what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. What was last well, week's I, I question to us? It, You're going to get yeah? it in a second. Okay. I just want to hear Daniel's question. Daniel's question for next week? Yeah. Daniel's going to jump ahead to question five. Uh, so my question was, uh, which droid from Star Wars would you uh, want to be? You know, keeping with the culinary theme of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear the last question, Daniel? Which boxer uh, or chef? The la- <laughs> our last question comes from Montreal. Our first, qu- fourth question comes from Montreal. Hot, Hot sauce, sauce makers, spiceaholic. Cool. So it's actually a culinary question. Oh, cool. sweet. There, right. Which is, what is the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, man. Oh, I got a great story for you. I bet you do. Oh, Daniel, man. do you want to answer <laughs> first before you duck out? Um, if, uh, I, if there's a whole story here. I don't really – I have no idea. Are you not a spicy food guy? No, I love spicy food, but I guess that's it. Like, I just yeah. – nothing, nothing super standout? No, no. Nothing that made me cry. There are obviously or... things that made me cry, but, well, you know, you see people eating well, the ghost pepper. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. At, at McKibben's, you exactly know, the, the, the spicy things. Now. Yeah, I, like, I see people. I remember I saw, I walked in the back, and I see these people stumbling, their faces red, and they're crying, and I'm just like, oh, man, they drank too much. And <laughs> then the waitress comes, and she's like, no, they just took a bite off of that. And... It was the whole table. They were puking. And I was like, why would I do that to myself? Is it happening? You know, I know ghost pepper limits. in that. Ghost. Ghost it's pepper. Ghost pepper yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. ghost pepper. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. Nope. I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm happy with like normal spicy like Indian I'm happy food not or having whatever. that experience. We still need to record you eating the ghost pepper. Yeah, we're going to do that. Okay. We got to oh. do that. <laughs> I don't know where it's at. I, the, I have it. I have it. You I have, have it? it? Yeah, it's in okay. the For the record, I had no idea the question had to be related to what we were talking about. No, it absolutely didn't. I didn't give you many guidelines. It absolutely We literally have had people ask what your favorite ginger ale is when there's like two kinds. <laughs> well, you know, we had like the Pepsi Cola Wars. Like that was a pretty tumultuous time, you know. And yeah, there but was, like, ginger ale t- never got to that level of. I don't think. I don't think Schweppes. I don't think Schweppes in Canada yes. Dry ever like knocked heads yeah. like Pepsi and Coke. Maybe they're just trying to market themselves. Bring you know, <laughs> bring a conflict in when there's right. no need for it. Okay, guys, right. thank, thank you so much. So much. Go off and thanks be coming out. All right, thank you. Yeah, I will eat like a king later. My man, Dan. All right, see you later, Mike. All right, so Mike. Spiciest thing oh, yes. you have a story. Holy. Uh, well, it's not uh, – uh, spiciest thing I've ever eaten came later, but when I was 14 years old, there's a, a place in Florida near where my dad lived that was ironically called Spice World. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was actually about the size of Costco and nothing but spices in the place, like barrels – like in off rack style there where you fill your own bags, but like barrels up to the ceiling if you wanted it ground. They had like a bulk wine but for spice. It was basically like they had in mash, they had in sauce, they had in salsa, all kinds of different types. And at the end of each aisle they had kind of a dictionary where you could search for a pepper alphabetically or search by heat index. So Scoville. I yeah, for Scoville's yes. exactly. So yeah, I asked for the hottest about that one. Last episode. <laughs> I asked for the hottest one and uh, and they looked at me and they thought I was crazy. I'm a fourteen year old kid. They basically uh, asked 
asked me if I wanted it in like a Tabasco style liquid sauce, which is 25% concentration, mm-hmm. a salsa, which was 50 or a mash that was 100%. And I asked them for the mash. And they made my dad sign a legal waiver form that it was okay that I tried it. Uh, they sounded off a siren in the whole place. And like everybody in the place like surrounds me. Dude takes out a blue corn chip and... Let me tell you, he was not friendly. He layers like what? a layer of this, the mash onto this corn chip and gives me this thing. And Did you pop the whole thing in your mouth? Pop the whole thing. Uh. And I barely could speak for about six hours just piling down bread, man, just for like, like an hour or two. And then hey, just like could barely get a word out insides. for six hours. <laughs> now, like, I mean, uh, I feel like I've uh, – now there are – Things with higher Scoville units than what I tried that day mm-hmm. that are out, like that, or that have been discovered, like since then in the last twenty years. Um, in fact, it wasn't even a ghost pepper; it was a habanero because ghost wasn't so readily available as it right. is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I was like, um, I was like, the fact that you weren't dying means it probably yeah, it wasn't was a, a ghost pepper. <laughs> and um, and. Now I have like ghost uh, frequently. My um, my buddy. Uh, no, I mean I I love ghost uh, pepper. I um I. Fuck, I well, because what's the, what? I, ultra death is one of my favorite sauces that I have. That's uh that's very high in Scoville units. I mean most people will just put a drop into a pot, a drop or two into a pot of something, but yeah. I'll like use it as a condiment. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause what is it? I forget what Louis Louis gave through the drop the statistic on us of like where pepper spray is and then like how much higher you can get into the like oh, the ghost peppers and stuff are like so much worse they're like then pepper spray yeah the stuff they're like designed Nutty. to repel bears you know Nutty. it's just like Nutty. you're like that's what you're eating more spicy than the shit you're supposed to spray into the eyes of a bear before eating so that was the fourth question then the fifth question we already got yeah which is droids yeah. sweet which walter i can predict is going to uh I sim- might, I might simplify slightly for our uh, I, our elder, yeah. not elderly, I, I might, I might, our I might older guest. From favorite droid to just to favorite character. character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were with. Uh, yeah. Do we <laughs> tell who our next guest is for our fans? Uh, our next guest after this episode. Noted well, we actor and playwright. We don't really do this. Normally. Yeah, no, but we but know. We usually we don't know. It's what is <laughs> a, a, a noted playwright, Vittorio Rossi. Sweet. Yes. You know Vittorio? It rings a you bell. You know Vittorio? Rings Noted playwright. Great Noted guy. Noted playwright had cool. a bun- has had cool. a bunch of plays up at the Centaur and yeah. a bunch of things. That's awesome. Yeah, That's cool. also uh, an actor, actor screen actor. So let's – Nice. We should talk to him about bringing him on as a uh, – as a Local celebrity judge. I'm sure he would love it. He would super. Yeah. do that in yeah. a second. Yeah, It'd be fun. <laughs> well, battleshefs.com is where uh, people can uh, either register to battle, either into the flyweight, middleweight, or heavyweight battle. Mm-hmm. Or if you just want to come out and be in the audience, either because you got a friend or family member competing, or just because you want to be part of the show because you're a foodie, you want to – I mean, Kayao this week, I mean, this this coming Monday, the menu is fantastic. Mario Navarrete, like I said, is one of the top chefs in Canada. And mm-hmm. just being in the audience and being able to sample his food because that's the other thing right the contestants are cooking for the judges yeah. but the people in the audience are sampling the food of the executive chef of the restaurant so okay. uh so people can go to battlechefs.com and they can uh purchase audience tickets uh either vip or uh, general admission tickets it's really really limited for this one actually we only the the restaurant is a very very small cevicheria it's only got 38 seats right so uh so really limited if you guys want to get on that hit battlechefs.com quick that was the other qu- really quick question i wanted to ask was where, where have you gotten your judges like where have you found your judges from so i mean our judges generally speaking because we're aligning with such high-end restaurants our judges are generally the owner restaurateur okay. executive okay. chef of the restaurant for the first one that we did at rosewood which was a little bit more on a on a pr side of things i mean um uh, rosewood's got fantastic food but the other ones are really really you know foodie meccas you know what i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. uh whereas uh so for rosewood we brought out uh hakim shajar who was uh the the chef at lorea who's uh, one of the top chefs in uh, in quebec he's on french television all the time and uh and he came out he was fantastic he was so charismatic and uh and and, and great he was our judge for the first one and then this week will be mario and hakim actually might come back to judge it with mario but we always have two uh two great chefs in town that come on board to uh, to judge uh this week it'll be mario alongside either hakim or uh richard uh, who owns nola cool so, yeah my question, final question, is uh, what do you do to encourage the competitors to trash talk each other? <laughs> is, that enc- is that encouraged? And what do you do to encourage it's it? It's funny. Uh, we we it kind of kind of went both ways, right? Okay. You had like some in the in, 
in some of the battles, it was a lot of trash talking, and yeah. in some of them, they were just well, very humble two, and a had, lot of if, sportsmanship. If you had you two know? buddies going at it, I'm sure they must have been. That like, was some trash talking. That was, so that was some serious <laughs> shit talking, man. But, uh, but, uh, but the other ones, uh, yeah, the heavyweight battle, they were extremely respectful uh, of each other's businesses as well, you right, know, of, yeah. of each other's hot sauce and, and, and restaurant, respectively. So, uh, so yeah. In my know, head, there's you could have a whole segment of where they cut promos on yeah, each other. Yeah. But, but like I said, heavyweight battles open to anybody. Like I said, you know, Phil is not really neither one of them are trained chefs right. uh, in fact even uh even jay anthony who we said uh you know has has had his uh his catering service for a year and mm-hmm. uh, is opening his restaurant on friday uh he's only starting culinary uh training in january he hasn't done it he's just a home chef that l- is passionate about it you mm-hmm. know rob that won our middleweight battle uh and and beat somebody who's technically a professional or a semi-pro uh is is just a home chef that cooks with his grandma you know mm-hmm. so uh so it's cool we want to we really want to put that out there to people and really want to want people to realize that no auditions doesn't matter you know what you look like how you talk you know like and those are all things that the food network cares about you know it's right. like it's not just how you cook it's it's just you know uh, how you're going to appear on screen what your backstory is you know i have friends that have gone to audition on on chopped or audition on shows on the food network and because they didn't have enough of a story you know even though they're like the, some of the best cooks that they've ever seen they were just rejected what do you, you mean know? you're not an orphan you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, yeah why i not yeah so that's what we're trying to not be. And it's not to slight the Food Network in any way. They do their thing in their own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that even if the Food Network, uh, you know, whether they have already or, or they would or they are or whatever the case is, if the Food Network were to approach us wanting battle chefs or did approach us wanting battle chefs, I did and still would say no because they're just going to take it and strip everything that battle chefs is out of it and make it same as all their other shows with an audition process and screening process and all that crap that mm-hmm. we're trying to avoid. You know, cool. What if you get a psychopath? What do you get like <laughs> psycho? What happens if you get a psycho? Like come I in like for no apparent reason. Who may like, or may not be Walter? Yeah, d- yeah. Just like drops like the money down to play we're like to get in there and just, actually, and just like a lunatic. Get actually, me as close to knives as possible. <laughs> you're like, oh, hang on, actually, that was a weird way to uh, start that. We've actually thought of those things. Uh, we have uh, security on hand. And <laughs> okay, we, no, we we have we have security on hand in case that were to happen, and we also have insurance on hand, you Perfect. know, in case that were to happen. So All right. <laughs> the guy's yeah. just sort of like, you had me at battle, and you're like, no, it's. Battle yeah. chefs. Battle! <laughs> and you're like, no, yeah. this is... Wait, no, there's the chef is the important part. <laughs> no, it's a fight. You put me in a fight. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh... oh this was a knife fight. Hey, exactly. <laughs> well, knife fights. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Thank uh, you as well, Daniel. And Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> you do some great ventures. Right. The spirit. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> thank you, man. Let's just go plug yourself. We'll yep. see you. We can actually tell who we'll everyone is. We'll see you at, uh, in two at, weeks. The, at the Franco's. At the Franco's. Live to tape at the Franco's. And we're getting you to battle at NOLA, Walter. Oh, shit. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working, why should you?